You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. So I was at a, a music festival or something and I was talking to a friend of mine and later on they were like, did you see your ex-husband right behind me? And I was like, no, I didn't even see him. And I thought what an interesting thing that moment was because in the past I could just feel him come around. I would just know he was there. But I was in this energetic place where I think when two energies are in a similar place, they see each other more often. I was literally at that point, I had done so much work. I was literally blind to him. I didn't know he was right in front of my face and I didn't see him. And so someone who had taken up so much of my time, so much of my bandwidth, once I did the work, it wasn't even something that I paid attention to. So think about that, who you're attracted to now versus who you will be attracted to when you actually start doing the work. Hey folks, welcome back to another special guest episode. This is Love Rehab, Transforming Toxic Bonds into Healthy Connections with Stephanie McPhail. Hey Stephanie, how are you? Hey Karen, how are you? I am excellent today. I'm excited to be able to dive in with your audience. Yeah, this is a really important topic. So living in a toxic, intimate relationship can feel like uh, being caught in an emotional maze, depleting your energy, disorienting your sense of self, clouding your judgment. The journey to disentangle from harmful behaviors and limiting beliefs deeply ingrained in these relationships often appears daunting, terrifying, isolating. Today, I'm thrilled to have Stephanie on the show, a beacon of light for women embarking on this transformative journey. Stephanie specializes in guiding women from the murky depths of toxic love to the shores of healthy relationships and enriched lives. So tune in as we delve into her innovative approach to healing and get a sneak peek into her game-changing new podcast, Toxic Love Transformation. 
Stephanie is a toxic relationship recovery expert, certified crisis counselor, certified coach, and Reiki practitioner. She's also the author of Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt, love that name, and which is both a book and a workbook. And Stephanie specializes in helping professional middle-aged women discover who they are and create their best lives after leaving a toxic relationship. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. She's also the host of the new, and please check it out, the new podcast, Toxic Love Transformation. So let's dive in, Stephanie. Hey. I think that I recently heard your story, and I think that it's so valuable for our listeners to understand the route from where we came to do what it is we do. And of course, you do such beautiful work with women and helping them emerge healthier and stronger. And you yourself had quite a a frightening, heart-wrenching story. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Sure. Thanks for having me on today. It's always such an honor to be able to speak with you. And, And I think that the more that I share my story with other people, I realize how common it is and how little it's really talked about. So I commend everyone who's listening and tuning in to really understand that they are not alone and that things can get different. Because when I was in it, I really truly believed that it wasn't possible for me to have something healthy. I thought I was too broken, that I was too messed up, that it just wasn't going to be possible, that that love was uncomfortable and that you had to fight for it. And I basically went from one relationship to another one, felt like I was getting older. I met someone who seemed pretty good on paper and there was some red flags that I definitely ignored, but I had never had those healthy relationships. And I had all those underlying beliefs about what was possible for me. And so when he asked me to marry him, I said, okay, I want to have a family, you know, things aren't perfect, but are they ever? And I said, yes. And he quickly wanted to move in quickly wanted to set the wedding date. And we ended up getting married at this beautiful place called Ohika Castle. And if you're in the New York area, that is a beautiful spot. I should have been really excited, but I wasn't because I I kept thinking about the price of it and and all that other stuff. But he wanted always the best. He wanted always the best. So we got married at this beautiful location. And then and a beautiful day happened. All my family and friends came from all over. And then that night when we went up to the honeymoon suite, He got mad at me for spilling water from the tub in the marbled bathroom. We were staying in the honeymoon suite and he was the one who had filled up the tub. He got mad at me for spilling water on the the tub floor or on the floor and then proceeded to yell and scream and threaten my life for hours as I was naked running around, trying to hide from him, locking myself in rooms, afraid to leave because I was naked. I didn't want to embarrass myself or embarrass him with how, you know, with what was going on. And it ended with him throwing me on the bed and strangling me until I almost lost consciousness. And like many of you that might be listening, there's so much shame and so much guilt that goes along with it. And then this feeling of, I did this somehow it's my fault. And so I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell a soul that it happened. And I kept that in. And so for the next several years, I tried everything to make that relationship work. Because once you get married, you stay married. That's what I was brought up and probably a lot of you. 
And it didn't until one day I finally said, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. And I decided to leave knowing that he might burn down my house. He might kill my dogs. I didn't know what was possible for him because he had said a lot of things to threaten me over the years. But at that point, I just knew I had to leave and be safe. And I stayed at a friend's house and was finally able to get a divorce and get out of there. And things actually got worse before they got better because I was not very good at asking for help. And I don't know if that, Karen, if that resonates for you at all, or maybe anyone who's listening, but I was a professional woman who was used to figuring everything out on my own. So getting help felt really weird and embarrassing and, and all of that. So it took me a while to finally do it until one day I ended up in the hospital after a sprained ankle and heard a very distinct voice because I'd had actually months of bad things happen. And I heard a very distinct voice that said, you need to be your own knight in shining armor and save yourself. And that voice made me realize I had to stop doing what I was doing because it wasn't working. I needed to get help. I needed a team And in that moment, I decided that I was going to do whatever it took to create something different. And I did. And here I am now talking about it and now helping thousands of women and probably millions at this point, helping them heal and feel less isolated and realize it literally could happen to anyone. I think that you tell a version of the story that each of us have, every listener and myself included. And I think that shame is really at the forefront. And we at at Journey Beyond Divorce work with men and women. And in some ways, I sense the shame in men is different and deeper in some ways because they're men and they shouldn't be abused. And all of us have these stories in our heads. And so the, and the thing is, if you've ended up in a toxic relationship, chances are your inner critic has been pretty toxic for a while. Your, where you came from informs where you are in most cases. And so I hear you talking about really that, pivot of a lifetime of being on an unhealthy path and not knowing. I know for me, I was like the walking unconscious. I didn't know. I didn't realize what I was bringing to the table. I didn't realize the part that I was manifesting because it was the only love I knew was the unhealthy love. Like I didn't know these things. I just knew what the hell is my problem, right? And you can be so hard on yourself after someone's been so hard on you. I had someone say to me once, Stephanie, I think you make good guys go bad. And I know they were, and they were joking, but because I already was wondering like, what the hell is wrong with me? It kind of, it really stung and made me wonder, well, maybe that is true. Maybe they are these great guys and I am doing something to make them behave this way. Cause why is it that I keep ending up with these same types of people? And I think that's often the narrative you get, right? Well, I just did that to you because you can't keep the house clean or you can't do this or you're not good enough at this. And so the story that we get for days, weeks, months, years, decades is what's wrong with us. And I think that we could go on about the pain and the shame as we talk about the pivot. I like the other thing that you said, which I often say to clients is, it's at least going to feel worse before it gets better. And it may get worse, but it may also just be that your new conscious awareness, your new eyes open spotlight on things and your new finding your voice or setting your boundaries as ticking off that other person. So yeah, it definitely often feels worse. So it's okay, I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and do this. And now it's like, 
oh, I just went further into the storm. And I so agree with that. What I find over and over again is we leave or we're thinking about leaving, we leave and we think I'm better and I'm just not going to ever do that again. And that is such a fallacy that we tell ourselves because we often just cover ourselves up again in another relationship that's also unhealthy because we haven't gotten to the root cause. Now I'm not victim blaming at all. I don't want anyone because sometimes people feel like, oh, that means it's all my fault. It's we still have to take responsibility for ourselves. And for me, my pattern was I kept ending up with these people. So they were different people. What was the commonality? It was me. And so it had to, and, and this is where I think we get really uncomfortable is because I had to really look at what was going on that I kept ending up with these types of people. And when we don't know ourselves, because all of our focus has been on somebody else for so long, we've used that as a coping skill, not to look at ourselves. So when you take away the focusing all your energy on somebody else, and now all that energy is focused on yourself. For me, it was the dark night of the soul. Because it was, who am I? What do I want? I, I don't have somebody else to put all my expectations on and all my hopes and all my energy. Now I just have to do that for me. And yeah. who is that? And that's why I think we keep avoiding that because it's scary and uncomfortable. If you're with someone who you don't know, it's normally an awkward conversation, right? <laughs> so getting to yeah. know ourselves is not easy. And I would go so far as to say it's courageous. The people who listen to our podcasts, the people who hire us, roll their sleeves up and do the hard work of looking in the mirror and what did I come from and what are the beliefs that I've developed and what are the behaviors I've developed and what are the tools that I don't even know that I don't have that I need. And to your point, what's the commonality? Because whether people are leaving a relationship or leaving a marriage, I I believe you're right that the initial thought is I'm divorcing or leaving the problem. Yes. And it's like you're divorcing or leaving part of the problem. And I don't believe that it's victim blaming at all. I think anybody who emerges from a toxic relationship and can't see that they played a role, even if your role is codependence, people pleasing, losing your self, fear, insecurity, all because of things that happened to you. It's still your grown up now. And that is your part. And if you can't look at that, you absolutely will rinse and repeat and find the same man or woman in a different body with a different face. Yeah. Yeah, The taking responsibility is huge. And that's why too, I, I was just saying this to a client the other day is that we get to be us. That other person is them. And I think that right there just makes me feel better, (laughs) like made me feel better, at least as I was going through it, because I am so past ending that relationship. I am in such a different place. Even what I do for a living is different. I was a teacher back then. Now I'm still a teacher in a different way, doing podcasts and coaching and all that kind of stuff. I now literally help women and men heal from these types of relationships. I couldn't have imagined doing that back then. My ex is still dating and still blaming all of those women and me for his failed relationships. He hasn't changed. So what's the difference? I took inventory of my life. 
I realized what I was doing wrong. I got help and I did the work to change. What did he do? Blamed everybody else, didn't take responsibility and hasn't changed at all. So that, that's a huge difference right there. So what a gift it is, that pain and that discomfort, as horrible as it is when you're going through it, it's actually a gift. Because if you can look at it and learn from it, you can grow and become really the best version of yourself because of it. Absolutely. Joe and their spouse always seemed to be fighting, but nothing was ever resolved. Their spouse would constantly blame them, unwilling to take any responsibility. Joe lived in the tension of walking on eggshells, doubting themselves, and over time, they became unhinged, angry, and triggered, struggling further with shame and self-condemnation. Their reactivity was used as proof that they were the problem. If you're in a relationship or marriage filled with conflict and blame, and you're wondering, is this normal or could it be toxic? Take the quiz and find out how toxic your relationship is. Go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash toxic quiz and find out today. talk a little bit about how you support women. They come to you, they're lost, they're feeling broken, their self-confidence is gone, their sense of self has diminished. How do you take them from that place to standing on their own two feet and be excited about their future? So that's like my favorite thing. So if someone comes to me and they come into like our group coaching program, for example, we have curriculum that's all based on what I learned, what I had to overcome, and then also what my clients have had needed to learn. And there's a lot of similarities. And one of them is it's asking yourself, how did I get here? I, along with my client, I want us to look at what are some of the commonalities that we've seen in past relationships and where did it originally come from? Is it from your childhood? Is it from a first relationship? What was it that started this domino effect? And then what are we looking for and how can we change that? So that's one of the first steps that I always want to look at. And then the other, another one is creating your team. When we have been in these relationships, we might not realize how much we become so isolated because we're trying to focus on the other person. And again, that energy goes into them. And so we want to make sure we have our team. So who could be on your team? Your coach, your therapist, your exercise buddy, your nutritionist, get the people that you need, maybe places that you're lacking places because we can't see it all. I can't see it all from every angle. I'm not an expert in everything. So where are the places that are little gaps that you might need more support in and fill in those gaps with people that are going to support you? Because another thing that we find too, is that as people heal and, and, and and they don't know who they are, the friends that they did have there's a lot of them that are toxic also. Right. So now you're not only losing that relationship, the romantic relationship, but now you're also losing friendship and it feels really terrible. Like, oh God, I don't have anybody anymore. 
I, I think that's such a great point to bring up. I would say that in the 13 years I've been doing this, so many of my clients have left a toxic boss after they've left their toxic. They've at least dialed back on friends and even family members. The beautiful thing about this is once you see it, you can't unsee it. Then you just have to be courageous enough to do it. And you've said a bunch of things that I want to touch on right now. So one is... Being courageous enough to do it invites not just new intimate love, new friendships, new or more solid relationships with the family members who are really healthy. But the other piece that you mentioned earlier, which was, how did you say this? You said it differently. I wrote down receiving. So it was like you said something about not being able to ask for help. And I think that especially if you come from that codependent or perfectionist ilk, it's, you can actually be proud of it. I used to be proud of it. And it's nothing to be proud of, right? The way I like to say it is, if you imagine that giving and receiving were two biceps and your giving muscle is like a rock star and your receiving muscle has like nothing to it, how do you expect to go out there and find healthy love and receive that healthy love when you can't receive? And so that team that you're talking about, I love that because that's the beginning of inviting people in and saying, I can't do it all on my own. I need to learn how to receive. Yeah. And it's such an important piece because if we don't learn that part, we're going to end up with another unhealthy person. And of course, there's a bunch of different pieces, but that's one of the pieces because who's attracted to someone who gives all the time? A narcissist. <laughs> yeah. So if you're giving, giving, giving until you're empty, the people that are the takers are going to be the ones that keep showing up in your life. It's mind blowing when you think about it, like it's such a simple concept, but it still is like, oh, so I can't keep giving. And then that's not how I show love. Acts of service is great, but you also have to be receiving it as well. It can't all be one way. Yeah, no, I love that. I was doing some emotional work many years ago in the early part of my divorce. And this one book that I was working with, he said, if you continue to abandon yourself, you will attract people who abandon you. And when you commit to yourself, you will attract people who commit to you. And so that receiving, that self-love, that looking in the mirror, all of that is really a beautiful self-commitment and self-love, which manifests the same in return, right? It does. And then you yeah. add on to it is that, so now not only are you learning how, cause that was such a big piece, learning how to receive, learning how to accept. Yep. And then also is learning who we actually are. And so who are you going to attract when you learn who you actually are? You're not just going around trying to be the salamanders, trying to just be a part of whatever situation you're in and, and make other people happy, but you actually stand true and strong in who you are. Do you like sports or did you just watch it because your ex did? Do you like to go hiking? How do you like your coffee? Do you like to like all of those things? And to, I love that part of the healing journey because it's so fun but it's such a weird thing to do for a lot of us. Like, oh, I just go do the things I like to do and figure out what that is. Yeah. Because as you get to know who that person is and you start dating yourself and realize, oh, cool, I'm cool to hang out with, actually. And these are the things I enjoy doing. Then you're going to also start attracting people that enjoy those types of things as well. So now you're going to have friendships that see you 
that respects and appreciate you for who you are. And in turn, you will also start attracting healthy romantic relationships because they will also see your bright light shining and they'll be like, oh, that's so cool that they do these things. I do those things too. And I, I always thought nobody else did them. And now here it is. I love that you do energy work in Reiki because we have a we have an energy paradigm that we work with at Journey Beyond Divorce. And one of the things that I find fascinating is when you're in that victim mode, it's almost like you're hanging out in the lower level in the dungeon. Yes. And but the guys and gals that you want to date, they're up on the penthouse. And that requires an energetic shift for you to stop being where you are. And when you are on a different floor than the narcissists and the takers and the dysfunctional people, you're less likely to run into them, be attracted to them or them be attracted to you. And so this whole metamorphosis that you're talking about is so beautiful. It's like first realize where you came from, working on your receiving, working on who am I and how do I show up authentic? I think that, um, Stephanie, for so many people, it's almost a little scary. It's like my parents told me who to be. And if I did X, Y, and Z, I was a good girl or a good boy. And so then I went through my life figuring out what people wanted me to be so that I could be good. And that fear of well, what if I take off all my masks? Like who in the world would want to have anything to do with that person because we've been wearing masks for so long? Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is when we start taking those masks off, the real people that are meant to be in our lives that will be healthy for us will come around. I was thinking about, as you were talking, I, I remember very distinctly, I had gone to, and talking about what you attract as you start to heal or and what you even see. So I was at a, a music festival or something and I was talking to a friend of mine and later on they were like, did you see your ex-husband right behind me? And I was like, no, I didn't even see him. And I thought what an interesting thing that moment was because in the past I could just feel him come around. I would just know he was there. But I was in this energetic place where I think when two energies are in a similar place, they see each other more often. I was literally at that point, I had done so much work. I was literally blind to him. I didn't know he was right in front of my face and I didn't see him. And so someone who had taken up so much of my time, so much of my bandwidth, once I did the work, it wasn't even something that I paid attention to. So think about that, who you're attracted to now versus who you will be attracted to when you actually start doing the work. Yeah, because I think that the the other story, right, because we have so many stories in our head, is I used to run groups actually in person all the time years ago. And the women would be like, there are no good men out there. And the men would be like, there are no good women out there. And I was like, you want to know the secret? You want to know where to find them? The good women are with the healthy men and the good men are with the healthy women. So just that's what we got to do. We got to get you healthy. Once you get healthy then that whole concept that there are no healthy men or women out there, it becomes ludicrous. It's like, oh, I was just on the wrong floor. I was in the dungeon. It's like when you get a new car and now all of a sudden all you see is that same car. That's right. <laughs> same idea. That's oh, right. they are. I just didn't have yeah, noticed them are. before because I wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. So you talk about healing, you talk about receiving, you talk about a team, you talk about developing that authentic self-vision and like finding and dating yourself. What else is there? There's a few other steps, but I, I want to make sure I talk about this one is one of the key elements that we have added 
to what we do over the years is my husband, David, actually uses energy psychology called Psych-K to help people with the subconscious beliefs that they have about what's possible for them. So I like to use the example, if you imagine a lake and when you look at it, it's all serene and crystal clear and whatever, but you start walking around and all that stuff comes up from the lake and now you're seeing it all muggy and, and gross. That's all the stuff in the subconscious. From the outside, it looks clear and beautiful, but underneath there's all this stuff that's coming up. And if we don't clear that out, it's going to keep coming up. It's going to keep looking muggy and gross. So with Psyche, it helps with those beliefs, uh, those automatic beliefs. I'm not good enough. It's not possible for me to change. I can't have the body that I want. I can't have the health that I'm looking for. I can't have the relationship that I want. Jobs are just hard. Whatever those programs that we've had for so long, we actually can shift those to positive ones so that your automatic belief now goes to a positive side instead of that automatic negative. And that was a game changer. Like oh, once yeah. we, yeah, I mean, cause you, we don't know how much we're in automatic pilot until we start doing the work. Right. No, that subconscious work is brilliant. I think there are so many new modalities out there and to have that as part of your program is I could see it being a game changer right there. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing it by myself. And actually one of those things when COVID came, my husband had lost his regular job and I was like, cool, now you can work with me. And he was like, oh, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, okay, let's, let's do it. And I started to see such shifts with clients at a quicker rate, mm -hmm. because again, you can tell someone you should do this thing, whatever it is, but what do actually following through and doing it is different. But if you change the belief about the possibility of the change, it becomes an automatic response. I grew up on the beach, Stephanie. And so for me, I seem to always go to ocean analogies and you could see a beautiful day and you step into the ocean and there's a riptide, there is this current. And all of a sudden you're like a hundred feet from where you started, but it happens so slowly and it happens under the water that you don't even realize it. And I feel like that's what our subconscious is. It's like, okay, consciously, I know I want to find a healthy person. I don't want to be abused, all these things. But then that subconscious programming just pulls you to what you knew without even knowing it. And so cutting that is so critical. I love that. Your program sounds fabulous. Let's begin to wrap up. So if I'm hearing you, you know, it's coming to the table, it's willing to look at your part, it's doing the healing, it's finding yourself, it's building a team, it's working on that subconscious work and a bunch of other things. Can you just give us maybe one testimony before you wrap up and just tell everyone how they can find you? Well, I, I think about one client that we just spoke to last week who came to us, she's divorced, but he had been physically abusive. So she's still dealing with the courts because of the physical abuse. So she's had to see him in court and she had not been sleeping. She was having a lot of anxiety and she's a professor against very, very smart people. And she was being um, prescribed anti-anxiety me medication as needed. And before the program, she had been taking a lot of it. And she told us last week that not only were people st like stopping her in the hallway and saying, you look so bright and I could see your energy and what are you doing? What's different? But then she realized that she hadn't taken anti-anxiety medication in weeks. 
And it was since she started the program. And it was after her psyche session. So I think that the big idea that I always want people to walk away from is to realize that no matter how long you've experienced toxicity, no matter what you have thought was possible in the past, if you have the right support and you have the right tools and the right guidance, you really can create the life of your dreams. We just have to step up and allow ourselves to do it. Get out of your own way. Get those people that know how to do it and help you fill in the dots of where you don't know where you're making mistakes. You don't know what you don't know, right? And it has nothing to do with your intelligence. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's that if we haven't learned how to do something, we're not going to be able to do it automatically. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the other, you had the other question. What was the other question? Oh, I just, I was going to ask you to just tell everyone how, um, how they can find you. Uh, well, definitely, you know, you can always do a search for my name, Stephanie McPhail. But if you go, if you'd like to follow my podcast as well, toxiclovepodcast.com, you can go ahead and subscribe and write a review for a chance to win a VIP day, actually with my husband, David and I. And my website is my other website for my total business is beingloveddshouldnhurt.com. And go ahead, check out services, testimonials, information about us. And go ahead and reach out, ask us questions. Even if it's just to say, hey, I got a question about this. I'm more than happy to answer any questions that you have. And you also have a very active Facebook group, don't you? Yeah, I have a Facebook group and it's called Toxic Love Transformation. It is a private Facebook group. We've got about 15,000 people in it and we do free live trainings every Thursday in there as well. So lots of resources, no matter where you are in the healing journey, come get the help, get the support and just know you're not alone. I love what you do, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Thank you for being such a beacon of light for how to transform from what sounds truly hellacious to, I know you have a beautiful marriage and two beautiful children and a burgeoning business. And so congratulations on all of that. Please, if you've resonated with what Stephanie has said, check her out. You will find all of those links in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We'll be back again real soon with another episode. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy Valentine, host of the Midlife Makeover Show. Tune into my podcast where we talk about all things midlife. 
You'll learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Just go to themidlifemakeovershow.com and join the midlife party. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.